regular beans. What stuff? Get your popcorn ready. Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I'm your host, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth master of reconnecting with old friends. I'm your huckleberry. I'm here with Magna Mills and the Soup Deucer to discuss what we've recently watched and talk about the pilot episode of the Showtime series, Yellow Jackets. Guys, tonight I'm supporting a local brewery and enjoying a variety, a bevy, if you will, of great beers. Cheers. It's one of those things. I don't know how many beers are in a bevy. Like, I don't know how many like yellow jackets it technically takes to make a swarm or how many crows it takes to make a murder. I am Magna Mills. I do not have a murder of crows. I have a very cold, very cool Coors Light. And I'm also very happy that you're checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the good ones. We're there. We're also on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. And if you're listening and not watching, you can easily find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. Or if you're already at YouTube, just go ahead, search for Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Soup Deucer, how are you living tonight? You know, uh, I'm I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I'm drinking something a little bit random. Um, Miller Lake in these weird bottles, ultra random. But uh, hey, why not, man? They're going down. They're going down pretty smooth. So fuck it, man. The wide mouth. A little bit of a wide mouth, man, but uh, but you know, it's 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 drinkable. I haven't had a Miller Lite in a pretty fucking long time, and they're they're good enough, man. One of you guys hates that beer, though, isn't it? Like, I don't mind it, but sometimes it, it I think it's more of the uh, when you get it off tap, it messes my stomach a little bit. That's like it's no real. There's not like really a big difference between your Bud Light, your you know your Coors Light, your Miller Light, as far as taste goes or whatever. It just sits funny in my stomach. I think definitely stadium drafts. Is where it gets me. Like sometimes you go to the stadium, they only have Miller Light. Miller Light Stadium beer just doesn't sit well with me for some reason. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. So, uh, a murder of crows. Um, what is it? A gaggle of geese? A flock of seagulls? <laughs> um, I I once had a plethora of balloons, but I no longer have a plethora of balloons. Be a popular uh, so, man at a concert. Yes, I would be. Thirty, <laughs> dude. No deals. Firms. Firms. Guys, I will say that, um, you know, Mills, they don't call it the silver bullet for nothing. But before we talk about the pilot episode of Yellow Jackets, let's discuss what other wonderful things we filled our eye holes with over the last week. Mills, have you watched anything else recently that you would like to briefly talk about, recommend here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff? No spoilers, though, please. I beg of you. I beg of you. Uh, I've definitely been filling my eye holes up with my contacts. I am running low and I need to go to the eye doctor and I hate doing all of that. Um, as far as quick check-in stuff, still watching The Last of Us. That's still very good. If you're not watching it, you should. I checked out the season three premiere of The Mandalorian. I liked it. If you like the first two seasons, you'll like it. But if you really want to know what's going on, you probably have to watch the last three episodes of The Boba Fett Show. Just saying, if you really want to like, you know, figure out exactly why things are the way they are when the episode opens. You probably have to see that. Uh, R.I.P. Tom Sizemore. Great actor in lots of stuff. Uh, you know, crazy amount of work. Dude's been putting in work. He still has 30 upcoming projects posthumously on IMDb. So we won't be seeing the last of him. And I was trying to find a good uh, Sizemore flick to recommend that was uh, kind of off the beaten path. I watched the Sylvester Stallone flick uh, Lockup. Uh, I watched it so you didn't have to. 
that's not very good. Uh, as far as actual stuff I enjoyed, I've now seen the first two episodes of the new season of Party Down, but no spoilers here. Really enjoyed him. They basically have the entire cast back except Lizzie Kaplan. You do miss her, but they've added a couple of new people into the mix. Uh, Jennifer Garner especially stands out. I've always loved her. Ken Marino is like maybe even better this time around as Ron. And the jokes are still there. The Hollywood satire is there. They're having a lot of fun sending up all the comic book movies and stuff like that. So again, you haven't seen Party Down on Stars. Catch up on it. They still have four episodes left in this revival season. And then finally, I got all caught up on Wu-Tang and American Saga. This one's on Hulu. There's five episodes out in the third and final season. Five left. This is a great one. No matter if you really are a fan of the Wu-Tang Clan or not, if you just kind of enjoy kind of semi-autobiographical stuff, kind of like struggle mu movies, music movies. I mean, there's a lot going on here. It ebbs and flows a little bit early on, but once you kind of hit the second half of the, uh, the second season, I mean, it's like a dynamite, like five episodes, like just gripping. They integrate the music in a really cool way. Uh, RZA's written some of the ep episodes, does the music, produces, the whole Wu's involved. So it, it's pretty genuine. Again, on Hulu, you don't have to be a Wu-Tang Clan fan. You can wait till it's done, but I, I think they're going to finish real strong here. They had actually what I thought was a great episode about kind of old dirty bastard doing a solo album and everything. I thought it was great. It was a little weird, which makes sense for an episode kind of like when you're inside the mind of the old dirty bastard, but it kind of got review bombed on IMDb. Don't understand why. So if you're hearing bad things about that episode, don't believe it. Who else watched stuff? Don't believe what you heard. Shout out the woo. And uh, yeah, good call, dude. Appreciate all that. And definitely rest in peace. Uh, to the Sizemore. Thank you. Moment of silence for you here. Uh, Magna Mills, I do want to comment on just a quick thing here, dude. I am a fan of period pieces and a fan of historical reference. Really enjoy it. I'm a child of history. Always will be a student. Love to study it, understand it. And hopefully not repeat it, at least only repeat the good parts, right? I have been watching, in that vein, I have been watching Rome on HBO. And this is one that when it came out, I think it was like 2006, 2007 timeframe, maybe 2007, 2008, somewhere in that timeframe. I never caught one. I didn't see the pilot. I saw previews here and there. Um, but this was, this was really not one that was on my radar. I'm watching this and I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm, there's only two seasons, right? So there's 12 episodes in season one, 10 episodes in season two. And I'm, I'm a couple of episodes deep into season two. And I got to tell you, this is fan fucking tastic, classic HBO style with an awesome opening intro song uh, and visuals to go along with it. Shout out to the big dicks. All right. It's no spoiler, but when you watch it, you will know. And shout out to the historical reference piece here. Big fan of Julius Caesar or Gaius Julius Caesar, if you will, and kind of his rise and ultimately his fall. But what this show does fantastic is they bring in outside characters that when people understand and study Caesar, they don't really know about all these other players that were involved. And it paints the world spectacular. We've seen them do it with Westworld, with Deadwood, with Boardwalk Empire, right? Like all these incredible sets. I mean, shit, Game of Thrones and House of Dragons, right? Let's not front. They do this great set work 
Rome does not disappoint at all. You feel like you're in the old country. I've been to Rome and it's fun when you look down because when you're in Rome now, first of all, the whole city is a walking museum, living, breathing museum. But when you look down at the ruins of old Rome, you you kind of see it and it, it, it makes you feel like you're there. So shout out Rome. This is a fantastic thing that HBO did that really didn't get a ton of press and no one's really talking about it. I think it's fucking awesome. And I've really enjoyed it. I got, a, you know, six or six, six or seven episodes to go here uh, to finish this one. But for a two for a two season deep show. Yeah, it's worth it, buddy. It's worth it. And yes, absolutely. All over The Last of Us. Fantastic work. Uh, you, you just you're super excited about this. And uh, that's been a ton of fun. But that that's it for me. So hit me with that stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit you with some stew, man. Um, this this past week, honestly, man, it's like you know, every once in a while you get like one one week or give or take, you know, about a week, and it's usually usually about once a month where you know can't really jam anything into a certain hole. So my hole, my eye holes, I didn't really jam, get to fill them with anything, man. I had to substitute and go with a different hole, like any normal person would do. And I filled my ear holes with something, man. I didn't have a whole lot of time to sit in front of the TV this week, so I filled my ear holes with a with a podcast. And uh, I got into the uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old podcast, which is actually really fucking good, man. Obviously, it's Kevin Smith and Jay Muse, and it's hilarious because it's them. But, you know, the reason they started this thing, several, and it's old, it's several years old now, but uh, the reason they started this was like kind of like a therapy thing for for uh, for Muse because of his uh, struggles with addiction. He's been in and out of rehab and shit a bunch of times and, you know, to kind of keep him, I guess, you know, on a on a good path, they uh, they started this podcast and it's been going pretty well, but it, it really leans into that and it's a lot of stories and shit that you, you know, normal anybody probably would never know, but very interesting and definitely a good one, you know. So that's where I'm at. Shout out that, dude. I mean, hole's a hole. I definitely listened to some of the Smodcast stuff. Like, I remember listening to that when it first, first came out. Like, when I used to have to attach my iPod to the computer and, like, download it from iTunes onto my iPod so that I could listen to it as a podcast. Like, back when you wanted to, like, hook it to your car, you needed, like, an FM transmitter that you had to hook into your back before there were just the straight cords or anything like that way back in the dark ages like back when i had i had a rome buddy i had a friend who he watched he watched rome and weeds but another show that i so those are two shows that i've seen episodes of but i've never seen the whole i've definitely probably seen i think like three mid run episodes of rome i couldn't tell you really what happened to any of the characters but i remember watching it and liking it but that was the time i was kind of doing a lot of things i didn't really get into shows like that and you also had to like own the dvds probably or something to be able to catch up on them back then there was no hbo go or whatever the power of streaming has brought the opportunity to revisit some of this great work that maybe didn't get the buzz. I mean, you got to think when that was hitting, everyone was all over. It was like the Sex and City. Uh, it was Sopranos, right? I mean, there was these huge bang- – Oz might have been still running. I mean, there was these huge, massive bangers. I think Rome kind of got buried a little bit and didn't really get the, the respect it's due. But um, I definitely recommend going in there and, and giving it a rewatch. Also, Muse, Muse, Muse. Shout out to jason muse and and dude kevin smith man i love that they did something soup great callback promoting getting right promoting finding sobriety if you're struggling there is brighter days ahead man you don't not every day has to be a day where you struggle so we look forward to celebrating all those successes with anyone who's going through the battle and uh man 
There's all sorts of groups and resources out there, and we promote it every step of the way. So good shout out there, Sue. And uh, before we kind of move off this, just, you know, real quick, we do also talk about football on the Joe Blow Football Show. And uh, Travis Kelsey just hosted SNL. Did anybody uh, catch any parts of that? I, I caught most of it after the fact on YouTube. I think overall he was pretty good. I thought there were a couple of really good skits. I thought the opening monologue was cool. You saw Jason Kelsey, his brother, come in for a little cameo. So I enjoyed it. Uh, anybody else uh, catch any of that? I was unable to catch any of that. I think I saw, I did see a random skit um just one part of it and it was uh it was pretty it was pretty funny it was he was good like for an athlete he was top tier athlete host i think like he you know he he i think more like he actually had pretty good comedic timing and good presence but you could tell he just before he missed a couple of lines kind of or he struggled with the line reading but for the most part as part of the comedic like the beats and everything i think he nailed it you know i thought it was pretty impressive but it was funny because jason kelsey came on and you were like oh boy like he kind of like did the older brother little brother thing and you were like yeah, Jason Kelsey might actually be a little bit naturally funnier even. So I think there's a like a, a future for the Kelsey brothers if they want to do stuff or whatever. And the one thing it brought up that I forgot about in shout out Travis Kelsey for bringing it up, dude had a dating show on E! back in the day. I, I totally forgot about it 100% and they kind of brought it back up and he brought it back up as a joke and it's not streaming anywhere or anything. But now I am determined to go find some clips i don't even remember what the name it is but yeah travis kelsey definitely started like a dating show on e at one point so interesting <laughs> gonna fill my eye holes with that someday who would have thunk it and that brings us to our featured review for this episode last time mills pitched us on watching the first episode of yellow jackets the pilot episode which is a series on showtime and for the record here we will be spoiling the events of the pilot episode but that's it. We won't discuss anything beyond this episode that we all watched here. Mills, go ahead, brother. This is your baby. Set the table for us, Yellow Jacket style. And may I add, set the table and focus on the meat. And then lastly, there is the matter of meat. And who among us gets to graze upon it? Yeah, dude. Uh, like JBG said, Yellow Jackets is from Showtime. So far, there's been one 10-episode season that ran from November 2021 to January 2022. Uh, there was going to be nine episodes in season two, and it's scheduled to premiere on March 26, 2023. And as far as the details for this episode, this is Yellow Jackets, season one, episode one, titled Pilot. It aired on November 14, 2021. 246,000 viewers in the U.S. tuned in live to watch. The episode was directed by Karen Kusama. Episode was written by Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson. And honestly, this is this is one of those shows got a huge ensemble cast, so I'm not going to list everybody because we'll be here all day. And the short block synopsis for the episode is, on the eve of a fateful flight, a championship high school girls soccer team celebrates by betraying one another. 25 years later, the survivors do their best imitations of well-adjusted people. Let's start here by giving our overall thoughts on this episode. Did you guys enjoy this? And did it hook you enough to want to immediately watch that next episode? Soup, give us your breakdown on this episode, bro. Yeah, I, I did enjoy the episode, man. I had heard of the show and I had never seen it. Um, matter of fact, I didn't even really know what it was about, which is cool because I went into it almost totally, uh, you know, totally with no no uh, knowledge but i thought it was uh overall it was good it was well put together 
Um, I like the uh, I like the 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 era of the of the mid '90s. There, that's kind of like you know, it's relatable to me because we're about the same age, which is which is definitely cool, nostalgic and whatnot, you know. And they they did well with going back and forth between the uh, you know present and uh, and that time and everything. Soundtrack was great. There was a lot of really good things about about it, and it definitely uh, hooked me to where I want to watch the next one. I didn't yet because I didn't want to confuse and and say something that would be like in that episode and not in this one. So, uh, so that is on deck, and I will be watching more of them. So, I'll go next year because I have a little bit of that problem in that I have seen all the episodes, so I had to watch it like three times to try to drill in my head like what hasn't hasn't happened. So, I will be careful here, and I'll try to even talk about it for the first time I saw it. I it had already come out, so I was able to watch the next episode right after that. But really, this was a pilot that I liked. I mean, it, it, maybe the only worry I had is it was one of those shows where there was a little bit of everything. You had like some Lost, some Lord of the Flies, a little Game of Thrones, like some, some Riverdale, the Terror. There's all these kind of different things that they're pulling from. But ultimately, it's pretty cool when they pull it off. And I think they did. And that was kind of my question. I'm like, how long can they pull this off for? You know, you've got the two different timelines kind of and everything. And there's kind of the whole mystery box aspect, which I always love but it's hard to pull off. There's been a lot of these pilots that are really cool and I get into it and then it doesn't get renewed or something. No worry here. Season two hasn't even aired yet. It's already been picked up for season three and they're basically saying it's going to be five and out. They have the story, everything like that. So I think that all works, you know, and there's also the degree of difficulty when you have the two different sets of actor, of, you know, of actors playing the same characters. And I think they've really pulled it off well here. And, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And again, no spoilers, but I would say overall that the show is one of the ones that actually makes good on the promise that it shows in the pilot. Uh, JBG, thoughts on the pilot episode of Dylan Jackets? Yeah, look, man, th- this this is a, there's a lot going on in this, right? And I, th- I think that we should just stop for a minute and just celebrate on the fact that like what they accomplished in this pilot episode is really impressive. I mean, it gives you the entire backdrop. They flip between you know, the, the, the past, right. The nineties and then to, to present day and you had two different acts, but you know, what's crazy about it. They nailed the casting on this and the actors and actresses did such a fantastic job because you know, you know, when you're seeing the present day adult and you're seeing the, you know, 20, 20 year ago, uh, teen, right. Like it's, you know, who's who. And I think that that's really hard to do. We've seen other shows, you know, kind of do, do it good and, and, and not do it so good. So I think that's impressive and we should compliment that uh, 100%. But outside of that, they, they, they really did a great job of kind of laying the foundation and getting me so excited about where this can go. And not only is it a crazy story in and of itself, but they started to introduce some interesting components to modern day characters that survived that are going to lead it that'll lead itself to some interesting things you got you got somebody running for public office there's some shit here that i think can they can really build on and kind of add some drama and add some suspense to this which i think would be fucking awesome so excited about this one and dude shout out to i'm i'm look 80s baby shout out to 90s rock music one of the most fantastic eras of music period we had a real run from like 91 to like 97. And that goes for not just 90s rock, but 90s rap as well. Absolutely stunning how great that era of music was. I like that. That's a that's a backdoor pitch for the Wu joint because that's exactly when that's happening, dude, in the, in the mid-90s. So. Yes. 
I like you helping out. You helped me out there. We we lived through an incredible era of music, and it was it was fantastic, dude. So that should be talked about. But outside of that, this you know, as far as getting me hook, line, and sinker, yeah, I, I'm 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 in on this, man. I'm really excited about see where they go with it. Awesome. And I will say, just off the top of my head, I came up with three good instances of like the the casting with the younger actor and the older actor. When you had uh, River Phoenix as young Indiana Jones at the beginning of the Last Crusade. I thought that was a real good one. And obviously the classic Bobber, Bobby De Niro in Godfather 2 playing the young Vito Corleone. I think that was really good. And then finally, Jimmy Simpson in Westworld. I won't spoil who he's playing or whatever, but shout out Jimmy Simpson. Also very good. Nice. Well, you know, man, I'm, while we're on that real quick, I'm going to go ahead and shout out everybody that played a younger version of the Sopranos characters in Many Saints of Newark, man, because they all fucking crushed it. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones in that. Nice, nice call, dude. Good, good throwback there. Good, good uh, especially call. uh, yeah, Tony's mom. I, I forget who I was, uh, Vera from Igla, I think, like she was great. It's like doing a young Nancy Marchand, like that was yeah. very good. Yeah, good she, shout out there. She murdered. Good shout out. And guys, this episode comes in, shit, dude. Let's just call it what it is. It comes in kind of hot here, right? I mean, you get the girl running through the woods, she gets trapped. There's bloody footprints and and random persons showing up in furs. I mean, what did you think of this opening scene? Anybody else kind of catch any Game of Thrones vibes here? I mean, I, I thought this was really cool from like a from like a cult type sinister type shit. Like I, I, this this had me very curious. And what's awesome is by the time the episode came to a close, I was just as curious. Yeah, yes. I agree with that. <laughs> absolutely man i think it was a great opening dude i mean it's it, it catches you right away it's definitely uh there's some there's some weird evil shit going on you know i mean that's the first thing you're gonna think or the first thing i thought weird evil shit going on dude yeah blair witch and that that's the opening if you actually forget the opening scene of game of thrones is kind of like where the white walkers you don't even really see them but then they arrange the bodies in a weird symbol which is again never explained that symbol's supposed to mean something but here we get the same thing kind of like that symbolism, the little weird like Blair Witch things hanging in the trees. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, definitely. And it was one of those things. If you didn't know what the premise was, and even I knew what the premise was, but they're still kind of like, I was like, okay, here we go. Like, this is uh, this is going to be something. So, yeah, I thought it was it was interesting and it kind of got you. And then it's also one of those things like, oh, boy, how are they going to ever pay this off? No doubt. And while we're at it, any thoughts on any other scenes we get in the woods specifically? I mean, were you ready for for full-on cannibalism in, in the first episode. I mean, I think that's that's pretty bold, right? The fact that they went to cannibalism and not only did they go there, just those intense shots of like meat being piled on a plate and like shaking and fresh off the fire. Like that's, dude, they went there with the cannibalism here. I, I they hang the body to like the drain and everything. I mean, if you're willing to go in, to incest in a pilot, why not cannibalism, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, here's the thing, dude. You think about, you know, and this this is um, something that's that's been touched on several times. Is like, you know, you get the plane crash and the survivors that that are in the middle of fucking nowhere. You know, usually someplace cold or whatever the fuck. But um, most of those end up turning into into some somebody's gonna eat somebody. You know, the first thing you're gonna think is fucking somebody's gonna eat somebody. So I think to slam that right into the face of the show, or to, you know, slam people in the face with that right away. Uh, um, you know, in the in the first fucking pilot episode, and kind of get it out of the way was probably a good idea. Because then, even when they do come back to it again, it's not going to be uh, you know, it's like yeah, and they kind of do that throughout the episode. They keep coming back to it a couple times before the final reveal that one of like is Misty. 
what was it like the movie Alive or whatever? There, there's another one where, where, it, where it ends with that. It's like, oh man, you know, that's the climax. So they, they ate people. We already know that's going on. So that means there's more, you know, and I like that. Yeah, good good point, dude. Having sex with them, camels, mammals, and rabbits. I didn't get into that. I think that happened. Guys, let's flash back a bit further to the girls before they get on that plane. Did did you like how the show introduced us to kind of the, the teenage version of these characters? I mean, sometimes hitting hall, all the high school tropes can make it feel like the show is just kind of checking off boxes a little bit. But do you think the show did a good job of getting us to relate to these characters, even though teenagers are kind of the worst when it comes to television characters? <laughs> I mean... AJ Soprano, but also you could say Meadow Soprano. Like this was, this isn't even like teenage. This is like Dana teenage Soprano. Girls. She was a teenager once. It was like teenage girls. I mean, it's not. That's kind of a little bit of a tough sell, but they do. I thought they did a good job, kind of blending that. Look, even in the '90s, before cell phones, there was there was girl drama when it came to teens and shit. And I think they did a good job of, of showing that. Yeah, one dude definitely had a pager too. Spotted the, the pager. That's time frame correct. And actually, the party seemed about like this is in Jersey. Like that feels about right with the red solo cups and kind of just like the the one keg that they got someone's older brother or somebody to buy and the whole kind of feel like the way all the clicky stuff and even I think the team stuff. Like obviously, I can't really speak for girls soccer, but I was on like high school teams and you would definitely you know there would be a solid middle ground, but then you'd have some you know like one or two just smart people or like you know, not necessarily everyone on the team like fit in in the same kind of social circles or whatever. And I think they do a good job of that here. So it's not just like, oh, here's the smart one. Here's the one who does drugs. Here's the slutty one. Here's the rich one or whatever. I think they do a good job of of giving them depth and, you know, also, like you said, trying to tie it into where they are as adults. And then, you know, also through the episode, you're doing math too. You're trying to be like, okay, there's the young one, which one's their older self. And then, you know, which one's which, which one's which. And then, oh, wait, Who's her old or something? Huh? Well, see, that's the thing, man. It's like right now, I, and it's early on, I'm still trying to figure out, okay, well, who's still out there? Who's not there? You know, like, because we, I'm sure we haven't been introduced to all of the characters yet, you know, and even, even at the end of that episode, you know, I mean, we finally got introduced to the last one there at the end, which I kind of like that, which was cool. And uh, I don't know. So I'm sure we'll get to that later. So uh, carry on. <laughs> Did anybody... Is- kind of expect the teenage plot to to stand out to you i mean did that like i thought they nailed the high school kind of party atmosphere especially for that era right i mean we I all kind of were in the party. woods at keggers and stuff <laughs> i mean anything else in particular stand out here for for anybody i don't think they went too far over the top maybe that you know the idea that like that you know the uh the virgin girl is like secretly banging her best friend's boyfriend in the car and everyone like thinks she's a virgin and like that's kind of interesting and they could go, you know, a little bit too far with it maybe, but I think it helps that everyone here is good at that. I mean, there's actually a couple of kind of like, not just not your typical kind of sex type scenes here. And they're made to be just like the right level of uncomfortable, but still kind of like humorous. I, I think it really worked for the most part. And again, that's a heavy lift. Like you said, you're talking about an hour here, all these different characters. There's a lot of shows that might've only elected to do kind of let's bring two and two here or something and do it do it slowly over the first three, four episodes. Like I believe that's how Lost did it in some of these bigger ensemble shows have done it. So took a little bit of ball balls to throw, you know, a fair number to try to get you the idea when you see the girls on the plane at the end, you have a good idea about like who about half of them are. So 
Yeah, the balls are juggled there, dude, and they juggled them well. Yeah, it helps that's a little with the Valium or whatever, you know. Got to raid the uh, raid the cabinet. Not really, but it helps on a plane. Guys, let's let's move on to the to the adults here. I mean, first up, we've got Melanie Linsky as the adult version of Shauna. This is a big episode for her, right? I mean, we we open up with her rubbing one out to her daughter's boyfriend, and then she, you know, she she does what Elmer Fudd could never do, and she kills the wabbit. Any thoughts on adult Shauna here? I mean, this was kind of a she, she kind of carried it, didn't she? If we were talking about the Wu Tang, she would probably be like my inspected deck, like a little bit of a, a live warrior here. Like you get the idea that she is like a full on act and she knows it's an act and like she occasionally drops it a little bit. We see it a little bit with all of them, but she seems to be the one who's kind of doing it with the most like self-awareness that like she is totally pretending to like do something because either she has to or she's expected to or whatever. And that she is just sick of it, but yet she'll yell at anybody else for not keeping up the facade or whatever. It's interesting, right? Like it's just enough interesting and that's something you see every day. And I know the actress has talked about it. Like when the director is, yeah, we want to open the first time we meet your character, she's masturbating to a picture of her daughter's boyfriend. Like that's a choice for a show, you know, especially if we're dealing with the younger version of the character too. So, and I think, you know, the Melanie Lansky, she's been blowing up a little bit. You know, she also appeared on Sunny way back in the day, uh, just did a little stint on Last of Us, uh, been around for a long time and a lot of stuff. So, you know, I think this is a really good role for her. And I, I mean, I think all really, all of the adult actresses we're going to go over here, I think are just absolutely slaying it, really. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. Next up, let's talk about Connie Cypress as the adult version of Tysa. She seems like the only one of the adults who has her shit together, right? I mean, she's, she's kind of got to figure it out. I mean, she's the one running for political office. You saw, like, when they were, you know, in the younger version, she's the one who slide tackled the chick, and, you know, that was nasty when she cracked that trick leg but everyone's like oh you know she took care of the problem and you get the idea that that's kind of like her personality type right that's why she wants to be the leader the problem solver so that kind of puts her in that you know the political wheelhouse but she's also the one who you know probably doesn't necessarily pay attention or keep her deals because you know everyone is like all right you know we're going to stay out of the public eye we're not going to talk to reporters and you see the reporter coming around this episode and everything and yet she's out there running for public office and she didn't give anybody a heads up so you know, a little bit of a little bit of a wild card, maybe. I guess that lets us move on to Christina Ricci as the adult version of Misty. <sighs> she might be the scariest of the bunch here, right? I mean, when she takes that that old lady's morphine and tells her, "Don't fuck with me," I believed her. I mean, I'm sure you did too. Yeah. Then she's all happy and cheery to her coworkers. I mean. You guys got a thought on adult Misty here? She seems pretty. I think she likes the idea of punishment and maybe killing. I don't know. That's what I picked up from her. She seems crazy. I mean, like she might like legitimately. She has the crazy eyes. That that whole kind of like dual persona kind of thing. Like, and when anybody is that nice and like that cheerful and everything, I am instantly suspicious. Because I don't believe anybody can be that cheery and that nice all the time unless they are literally deliberately choosing to do so. You know, maybe that's just a choice you've made instead of like being able to hide your psychosis or something. But yeah, dude, I mean, major Dennis Reynolds vibes here. Major Dennis Reynolds, because this feels like a lot what he kind of does as far as when he actually gets aggravated and lets his real self out as opposed to like the persona he tries to put on. I think there's a lot of that going on here. And 
definitely makes you feel like you know especially because this is the spoiler we get the real at the end of the episode she's one of the people in the furs as a kid so it gives you that that context to like yeah she is definitely willing to kill this old lady if uh, the old lady keeps giving her shit or you think you know she'd be one of those nurses you know that kill people or whatever i know that that's like a, a syndrome or something so that wouldn't surprise me at all in her defense that old lady did ask for it though she was being a bitch kind of yeah and i mean this is like perfect casting too like (laughs) you you make you wonder if they wrote this role for her or something almost and there's a couple that are like this like it and it's just pitch perfect really i think i've all i mean christina rishi's good in like pretty much everything she's done so uh yeah i'm a fan she'll uh she'll crush it i've only seen the i've only seen the one so now i'm just guessing she'll crush it so whatever i have no doubt (laughs) Well, guys, that brings us to Juliet Lewis. Let's talk about her as the adult version of Natalie. She opens the episode in rehab, and by the end, she's, I don't know, damn near on The Sopranos because she's gone and gotten herself a gun. She seems like the proverbial wild card of the bunch, right? I mean, she's she's always been wild, right? I mean, God, she was you know tripping on acid the night before the plane ride. Uh, this the, Juliet Lewis's character seems like she can go places for us uh, from from a from a viewership standpoint. Yeah, and I mean, again, another spot of the casting is so good. You wonder if it was either written for her, or this is kind of, you know, they cast her for her specific feel or whatever. But just the kind of the nice contrast you get is she seems kind of put together in rehab at the beginning of the episode, and then by the end, you know, she's got the gun, and you see her kind of watching Misty in the parking lot or whatever. So. You know, the worlds are starting to collide, but you get the idea when she gets out of rehab and she kind of, she has a cab driver, right? Like when you pick people up here, do they ask you to, you know, just go to the bar right away? And dude's like, you want to go to the bar? She's like, no, nah, I got shit to do. So you get the idea that for whatever it is, she came out of rehab, like with a plan and Juliet Lewis with a plan is scary. Yeah, she's, uh, she's played a lot of really good roles too. And she does really well with, uh, with every character that she's played, man. So yeah, again, I think she's, uh, clutch in this one as well it's hard for me to say right now because i've only seen the the zero the zero so i'm like i, I know she's gonna be awesome and she already is awesome like then the character is good well written and she plays it well it's fucking julia lewis man you know but uh yeah without without watching any of the other ones but uh yeah she's gonna be she's from what i'm thinking man she's gonna be pretty much primo <laughs> yeah because that's one of those things right when you have so many people like she, she didn't you know she might have gotten maybe the most screen time of the adult characters but it's still not that much because they got to whack it up again you're trying to introduce like almost like what 15 characters over 58 minutes or something like that so the math says unless they're going to be a lot of scenes together you know it, it's you're going to have to really get to know these people quick and i think the show did a good job of that yeah for sure well it can always be a bit tricky when you're trying to cast young and old versions of the same character so i ask you guys do you think the show did a good job here and which pair of actresses did you think you know kind of match up the best i mean i think the best is easy it's uh, like misty with christina ricky and i'm forgetting the young character when i first watched i thought for a minute that they actually like just had christina ricky like in like young makeup or hair or something because it was so close but i do want to say that the actress who plays natalie i don't quite buy like the physical i think they're like just a little bit different looking, but I think that the the voice and the 
the acting, the way she carries herself is perfect. So that's probably why they cast her, even if it wasn't a perfect, like one for one physical representation. So I think those are both really good. I think they're all good. Don't get me wrong. But I think those two especially stand out. Yeah, I think I think the Shanos are probably probably the top line, but I think we saw the most of those, so maybe that's why I'm thinking that. But either way, yeah, the all... mannerisms were right on between the two, the way they kind of acted and like looked, like the face acting and stuff like that. Yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah I, I'd agree here. I think I think Natalie was fantastic, but you know, dude, in defense of Natalie, though, did you not get the feel of like? bad girl like that like this is one that's going to push the limits this is one that's going to kind of learn things and then self-medicate it like you just you just kind of got the feel of like this is going to be a wild hair a wild flower growing and i thought they did a good job of that man i mean even if like the the, the physical piece wasn't there you still knew natalie natalie and that and ultimately that's the hardest thing to do here I, ironically enough i think they did it with all of them yeah, no, I don't think there's a bad one. This is a very rare show that I think has nailed this. And the good news is they cast these people and they're kind of, you know, seniors in high school. So realistically, you can cast like 20 year olds, which means that they shouldn't theoretically change too much physically for the next couple of years. So you can pull this off. Whereas if you were casting like freshmen in high school or something, they would look dramatically different by the time the series ended. So, you know, I think they, they lined it up right with that kind of thing, too. So they can actually pull this off and do the five seasons. Five seasons, huh? Wow. That's what they say they have. I mean, that's they have ten episodes, nine episodes, so that's around call it forty-five to fifty. Part of me is going to be like, I really want to know the whole story, and I know you're not going to get it until this whole fucking thing's over, man. <laughs> they got to keep you watching, though. I mean, that's watching, the. Right? I think yeah. five's the sweet spot for shows, like for like a show like that's this. Good. It's kind of mystery. Like it's long enough you can get everything out there. You don't leave anything on the table, but not so long that you got to keep stretch. You got to start really stretching for shit. So, and the, I like the idea that they. You know, they have a little bit of a roadmap and stuff like that, too. And based on, you know, the first season, like I said, no spoilers, but I'm confident they can pull it off. Here's the deal, man. Like, I think I've won this one, but I just want to check. So let's real quick talk turkey or wabbit or whatever. I'm the one who suggested this. So I'm obviously in. I'm watching season two. I'm very excited. And after one episode, I just want to know what y'all think. To paraphrase, Elaine Bennis here, is Yellow Jackets sponge worthy to you? Are you going to come back, watch the other nine episodes, or is this a one and done for you? Jamie G, is Yellow Jackets sponge worthy? I think it is. I, I I think it's definitely worthy of like, hey, man, I want to see where they go with this. Like, you know a lot, but I'm also kind of banking on the fact that they showed us so much here this first episode that there's got to be so much more at play. So that has me excited here. I mean, it's not just, you know, it's super alluded to kind of early on in this in this episode, it's not so much as like, oh, wow, well, they ate some people and did some did some crazy shit out there. I think it's going to be much deeper, much more complex than that. I'm excited to see where they take it. So for me, yeah, I'm, I think it is. What do you think, Soup? There, I mean, your time is limited, just like the supply of sponges. Is this yellow jacket sponge worthy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think it is sponge worthy, man. And I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I soaked in that first episode just like a sponge, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and watch the rest of them, man. Um, I enjoyed it, and yeah, sponge worthy. I'll give it a a spongy thumb up, dude. Two sponges up. That's what I'm talking about. Spongy, dude. Spongy. I'll give it a spongy squeeze. <laughs> 
let's finish up by deciding what we're going to watch for our next episode. We're all going to give a quick elevator pitch and then vote on the winner. You cannot vote for yourself. If there's a tie, we spin the magic wheel. Soup, you're up first here, followed by Magna Mills, and I close this out. This week, I'm going to pitch a movie from 2003 called Wonderland. Stars Val Kilmer, got the Friends chick in there, uh, Kate Bosworth, that Bogosian guy. Anyway, true story based on a lot of facts, uh, you know, whatever, man, uh, about the uh, life of John Holmes after his porn career, which was pretty fucking crazy, man. A lot of fucking really explicit drug use, um, and he was involved in a series of murders as well. So the story gets pretty nuts. It gets pretty fucking graphic, and it's really a fucking good, fucking solid movie. And it's Val Kilmer, who just fucking nails pretty much everything. 98% of fucking everything he's ever done. So it's a good, solid Val Kilmer movie. It's a good, solid fucking watch, man. And it'll definitely uh, it'll definitely catch your attention. And it was based on true events, which makes it more intriguing. Yeah, even if it's not like 100%, there's definitely truth to it. John Holmes definitely had a, a, definitely a life that was worthy of having a movie made about it, whether it's, you know, shows penetration or not. I'm up next here, and I had a plan free Tom Sizemore passing away. I, I'm not going to say what it was now, but I decided, all right, I want to do a Tom Sizemore thing. First thought was, let's do the gang is stranded in the woods, but we'll save that for Nightpod Cometh. You should check it out. We've already talked about Natural Born Killers. I, I, I kind of gravitated towards Passenger 57, but he doesn't really play a huge role in that, and it's really more of a Wesley Snipes flick, and to be honest with you, we really like that more than it's probably worth just out of nostalgia. Obviously, I think Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, and top tier Tom Sizemore movies. But again, we like to have some fun here. Not a lot of fun talking about those movies. Almost what with Strange Days. We've talked about this one. It had Juliet Lewis, and I watched it, but it's almost two and a half hours. It's a little slow. So I was like, oh, can we do better? Striking Distance? That would be good, but it's not like, it's not fun enough right i want to have fun i want tom sizemore to be there so fuck it dude we're gonna do the fun one it's true that tom sizemore doesn't have a huge part in this one but it doesn't matter because i'm pitching true romance if you've never seen it you need to this is tony scott directing a script written by quentin tarantino another massive ensemble cast like yellow jackets you got christian slater Patricia Arquette up top with top billing. This is a legitimate cult classic and an extremely fun movie to watch and talk about. You get Tom Sizemore. Again, not a huge role, but in this movie, almost everybody except Slater and Patricia Arquette has about the same size of role. Uh, I think it'd be a fun, great time to talk about it. Just rewatched it. Totally holds up. Excellent time. We've talked about it a lot without doing it. I think we stopped edging and we really do the true romance thing that brings us to jamie g you have to you know top true romance or wonderland boy it's really tough guys i don't think i can do it but you know what all that's left for me is to try i am going to take us on a little journey it's going to be a movie but i want everyone to just kind of calm down and just bear with me, okay? I've been on a little bit of a run lately. I, I I just, look, I think last time I pitched Big Trouble in Little China. It didn't get the traction I was hoping. 
I'm going to continue that feel into Escape from New York. I'm talking about Snake Plissken. I'm talking about a good fucking time. I'm talking about a futuristic world in which prison, we send our prisoners to an island and they have to just kind of sort themselves out and live on it. Dude, all I should have to say is Snake Plissken and I should have everyone's support. And I mean that. Escape from New York. Let's do it. It's worth the time. I saw Escape from L.A. in the theater. I saw Escape from L.A. in the theater, yo. Escape from L.A.? I might like Escape from L.A. better, yeah. So, well, so yeah, we you probably should have pitched the, the double feature like Wu-Tang Clan, dude. Kurt Russell's got the best names. Jack Burton, Snake Bliskin. You know I mean? He's always got a good fucking name. He really does. <laughs> Snake Bliskin! I can't even believe that. I can't even believe we're talking about anything else. <laughs> well. So, guys, Mel's that leads us to you. You got to recap our options. You got to remind us what order we're voting in and give us the deets. All right. This one is pretty easy. Super producer pitched Wonderland. John Holmes got a biopic starring Vale Kilmer. I pitched True Romance, the Tony Scott directed film. He's got a Quentin Tarantino script. Christian Slater and a lot of people are having a lot of fun. And Jamie G pitched the John Carpenter classic Escape from New York, starring Kurt Russell as Snake Pliskin. All great picks. And what we do is we vote in the reverse of the order we picked. So, Jamie G, you will vote first, followed by myself, then the soup deucer. Again, we cannot vote for ourselves. And if we wind up with a tie, we just spin the wheel to do one of the three. Be real here. I love True Romance. It's it's up there, man. I love it. I've seen it probably, I don't know, over a half dozen times. It's a great flick. I'm gonna go with Wonderland. I have not watched, I think maybe once, but it's I'm not like I'm not like I'm not recalling. I do not recall. I'm like Jeff Sessions under oath. I do not recall. So I am gonna give it that for my vote. That brings it to me, and I am going to go with escape from new york man again you know gotta you know i got a snake man snake bliskin thank you mills should you have to say anything else if you can't say it all just say snake fucking snake bliskin i mean come on sue this is tough dude this is tough but there, there's no way i can not go with true romance dude wow before i've tried to get <laughs> and that would be a great one everybody's fucking in it dude there's so much we could uh you know i mean that'd be a good uh be a good one to do not that they wouldn't all be good ones to do but uh, i've uh i've been wanting to do true romance for a hot minute so that's uh, i gotta go there man all right well that brings us to a old-fashioned tie that means we need to spin the magic wheel magna mills let's right, get a winner one second i'm, I'm making a wheel All right, we got a wheel. We have a wheel, dude. And let her spin. Good usage of colors, like promoting like St. Patrick's Day in the future here. I like it. And we're left with it's oh, we got there. We got <laughs> there. Oh. Escape from oh, New York. Snake. You will live forever. Escape from New York, dude. 
very, very, very pumped about this. This is going to be a good time. You guys will not. I know you might be feeling a pinch right now. I've seen the, I've seen this at least as many times as you've seen True Romance, so you don't have to overpitch it. It's very well, fun. Don't fuck with that, the Duke, yo. That little sting that Soup's feeling, that's just pride. You didn't even talk about chat. the Duke, dude. You pitched, you pitched Escape from New York and you didn't even talk about the Duke, dude. Very pumped about this. Thank you guys for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff, where regular dudes watch stuff. We really appreciate you. Thanks for checking us out. Remember, like and subscribe. Make that a to-do item. Get it done. If you've got a movie or a show that you like to talk about, let us know on social meds. Hit us up in the comments of this YouTube video, this podcast. Let us fucking know. We would love to break it down. Magna Mills, remind everybody, where they can find us. We do a lot of shit. I mean, we're in all the, the main stuff, like for podcasts, just search for regular dudes, watch stuff wherever you're getting your pods. We are there. We're on YouTube. You can just search for regular dudes, watch stuff, or you can just go to joblowfootballshow.com, bring it right to our YouTube channel. And we are on the social meds, as they say, at dudes, watch stuff, nice and easy, spelled how it sounds, at dudes, watch stuff. And on behalf of myself, Magna Mills, the soup deucer, and Jamie G. Thank you for watching, and we'll be back next week to check out Escape from New York. Oh, I cannot wait. Thank you again for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We'll see you next week. Peace. I got a snake, man. What? Oh, you got a trouser snake, all right, dude. Hey, man, I got one right here. Look, shit. I got a fucking snake right back here in my damn whatnot, dude.